0: Since times before history, we've been gathering around our fires to tell stories. Join us as we play through multiple role-playing game systems, looking for one that's the perfect fit for our next campaign, and hopefully showing you some options that are out there for your own games. Welcome to the Fireside Stories. Barbarians, and welcome to our New Year's special, Welcoming 2019. Happy New Year! So, we are recording, I think we'll still call this part of the Fireside Stories because it's a short play. It's a very short play.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a one-shot.
0: Uh, yeah. This is a Call of Cthulhu scenario. Mm-hmm. We are going to be playing a modified, slightly modified version of a scenario called Deadlight. And you are going to be solo in this one, because with it being winter here in the spine of the world, everyone gets sick. So our group was going to be a little bit bigger, but it didn't work out.
1: Yeah, viruses and shit like that
0: happen. So your character, your investigator, will be alone in this endeavor, except for the help of some NPCs which hmm. may or may not be friendly.
1: Yeah, your friendly neighborhood NPCs. Okay.
0: But why don't we get started? Because this is a one-shot. We don't have the benefit of a session zero. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you will be bringing into this story today?
1: Okay. The investigator I am going to do my best to play for you today is named Jerry Ian Britton he is a veteran survivor of world war one who did not escape the conflict unscathed he suffered a horrific injury that requires the use of a facial prosthesis to even uh, halfway interact in normal society he was uh, born in baltimore maryland currently resides uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, he's a member of the Boston Archdiocese as a priest, so he is also known as a Father Britton. He's 42 years of age, and he has seen some shit, but he is also just very... Um, has a high degree of intestinal fortitude. He's, he's very uh, strong-willed, so um, even though he's seen some shit, it doesn't really him as much as it has maybe his fellow man so he's uh he's a very strong-willed
0: awesome so he has quite a bit of skill and knowledge from his background um across the board like Mm -hmm. but uh, some first aid some knowledges and uh and he's he's pretty sturdy
1: Right. He's he's quite physically robust, um, despite his, his injuries. They were focused really, you know, in the facial area, but luckily didn't affect his mental faculties uh, at all. It is all um, disfiguring physically, and that's about it. Everything else is still intact, and he's quite hale. Uh, as a combat medic in World War One in the trenches there, he really only completed his firearms training in, in basic training, like in boot camp before he was shipped to the front. And once he was there, he didn't really, um, fire any weapons or anything like that. It was mostly running, you know, from like little, I don't know, medical tent to medical tent, running from injured soldier to injured soldier, uh, dashing out into the, uh, the no man's land you know at night and similar uh to drag a wounded soldier back out of the muck and and things of that nature so he wasn't really the shooty kind of soldier he was more of the you know patch you up don't you die on me you're gonna make it son type of type of soldier
0: all right so are you ready to get started
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm all up in my head right now, imagining like World War One with like the flares and the explosions and like, you know, basically the beginning of the one video by Metallica. So I need to leave that behind, much like Father Britain struggles to leave that behind so that he can move on like we need to.
0: All right. So Father Britain, Jerry, to his friends, you were a soldier in the Great War, as we've discussed A time you try to think about as rarely as possible and talk about pretty much never. The evidence of your time speaks without your permission, though. It's the scars on your body, particularly on your face, the scars that require you to wear a partial prosthetic mask so that you can go about your business with stares rather than screams. Despite your injuries, you feel strong. Wiry, but functional. But your scars made employers turn away and hire others when you were sent home. Others who might still have scars, worse scars, more dangerous scars even, but hidden within. So you turned to the only place that wasn't allowed to turn away from you, the church. You put your sharp mind to theologic study. You excelled at it easily enough. And when you were done, ordained, you still found yourself on the outside. You didn't really belong at the front of a congregation. You didn't always get along with the ideas of the established church. And so they made you something of a traveling priest sent out by your archdiocese to travel to those in need of confession or of last rites. And so, as it has happened many times before, you have been forwarded a letter of request. A waning starlet, A woman by the name of Henrietta Gill has written in a frantic request, an urgent requirement for confession. Her fame makes it difficult to handle these issues in private, and so a priest must be dispatched, and this time it's you. The tone of the letter is strange, and you expect this will be no simple confession. The actress is due to perform for a New Year's Eve gala in Ipswich, north of your location in Boston. So from Boston, you'll need to take the train to Arkham. The church has already established a ticket for you. And there you'll meet an old friend, an undertaker by the name of David Theakston, from whom you will borrow a car and make the rest of the journey.
1: So I'm going Boston or Arkham, or sorry, Boston to Arkham. Mm -hmm. And then I'm borrowing a car to go from there to To Ipswich. Ipswich. Yes. All aboard! Nice.
0: So, Jerry, you need to take a lovely little train ride to Arkham. You're leaving pretty early in the morning to make sure you have plenty of time to get up to Ipswich. And you watch the city give way to towns with lengths of untamed forest between. What do you think you would wear for this part of your journey? So, Gerald
1: typically... Um, when he goes out in public just typically wears his um, priestly uh, vestments his you know not not necessarily the whole get up like you're giving the the sacrament or whatever or doing any of that sort of stuff but like you know the the black trousers and the black leather shoes with the uh, black button front shirt and the white uh, the the black collar with the white at the throat and um, The the neo kind of coat that's like this full length button front robe sort of thing, you know, and the wide brim black hat, because he finds that when he's in the, you know, the trappings of the church, people see a priest. They don't see a scarred, you know, veteran, right? So it sort of makes the eye shy away from his injuries and focus on. The identity, so he always wears his uh, his priestly, you know, garb when he's out in public. So that's what he would be wearing.
0: All right, your ticket, which they've provided you, um, gives you access to kind of the more upper class areas of the train for the journey. Uh, do you think you'd spend most of the ride in the dining car or your private cabin?
1: Um, I'd probably spend it out in the dining uh, dining cabin. Um, you know just uh people watching and and so on so that uh and reading maybe taking some notes uh that sort of thing working on prayers and whatever just generally scholarly stuff drinking some tea
0: all right so the dining car offers fine food and drink throughout the trip um you're given a nice table near a window and at one point, while you're sitting there sipping your tea, a woman approaches you somewhat nervously. And she says, I'm, I'm so sorry to bother you. Are, are you a priest?
1: Uh, yes, I am. I am a priest. How can I help you?
0: I... I just... have you noticed that things just seem to be strange lately, especially after the war?
1: Uh, yes, it is difficult to adjust to this uh, new era in which we find ourselves. By the way, I must apologize. I seem to have forgotten my manners. I was a bit surprised. My name is Father Britton, and I am very pleased to meet you.
0: Oh, Susan. Susan Smith.
1: How do you do, Susan Smith?
0: It's just, in times like these, I, I find it difficult to know how to translate this as the will of God.
1: Yes, the ways of God are mysterious and unknown to us. Uh, I believe personally that this is by design and is part of man's struggle
0: to seek the will of God in his journey to merge with the divine. So she sits and speaks with you for a few minutes, not very long. Um, she seems to take in kind of the words and advice that you give her and thanks you gets up, and before she leaves, she mentions Well, wherever you're going, I, I do hope you don't get caught up in the weather. They're they're saying a storm is moving in off the water.
1: Ah, I will be aware of that. Thank you very much, and bless you, my child. May God keep you as well.
0: Right? She kind of nods and, and walks off politely, and the rest of the journey goes, you know, pretty uneventfully. It's not a long Train ride in, in the dining car is pleasant.
1: Excellent. I'm taking some notes here. Oh, storm rolling in, eh? They saw a, uh, a red sky this
0: morning, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> now, is there anything that you would want to make sure that you do before you arrive at your destination in Arkham? Not
1: really because i feel like um gerald leads a very uh private life very quiet life by design and he really um gets all his shit together you know before heading out so he has his you know flasks of holy water and his you know um all of his different priestly accoutrements i don't really know what else would be in there um he has a a black leather valise that he carries all of this in in addition to his you know smaller little suitcase with his you know personal effects and uh you know plain clothing and things of that nature um and i try to imagine the contents of this priestly valise and i just start seeing like van helsing's kit and it's nothing like that (laughs) that's just what i start imagining so there's no like stakes and that kind of thing or whatever um so th- there's just, like, the, the purple, like, scarf, you know, that the priest puts on and, like, maybe the, like, white kind of over smock sort of deal. Right. I- I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about Catholicism, you know, but I want to be respectful. So I'm not trying to put on this, like, virtual, um you know, pantomime. That's not what my intention. I just, I just don't know a whole lot. So um, it would be just all that priestly stuff you know the holy water and i don't know maybe some uh wafers some uh eucharist yes (laughs) and uh you know that sort of thing Uh, maybe some oils some incense right yeah that, that sort of deal yeah that makes sense and it's all in there it's all blessed and it's all you know uh squared away so not not really he's just going to pass the time you know like i said working on sure. prayers and and um you know answers to common questions like how do i reconcile these difficult new times with the will of god you know uh, addressing the problem of evil you know if god is all knowing and all powerful why do such horrific things happen you know the retorts to that comforting not retorts not argumentative comforting responses to uh to people who are seeking meaning, so.
0: Okay. So you're able to kind of put that work in. People give you a respectful distance for the most part um, because you're obviously dressed for your station. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, the time goes, goes quietly and you can hear the sounds of the engine changing as it slows to pull into the station in Arkham. Excellent. So, you're meeting with your friend, The Undertaker, David Theakston. Um Do you think he's meeting you at the station, or do you have, like, a normal sort of lunch spot that you would meet up with him at, or what do you think the plan would be?
1: I think that the plan would be, I would walk from the station to somewhere nearby, and I would meet him there and ride with him, you know, or, you know, drive him in his car back to wherever he wants to go drop him off and then be on my way.
0: Okay. So go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. I know that's your favorite.
1: Yeah, man. Spot hidden is like the only skill you need in this game. <laughs> not true. It's just All right. 54 and that is not going to get there. Okay. It's not It's not even really close. So
0: All right. Are you good with Leaving it at a failure for this one.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. I don't want to spend um, 14 right luck points out of the gate here. Normally, I like to burn my spells from like level six down or whatever, but not this time. Not today, Satan. I'm a priest.
0: All right. So as you walk to your meeting spot, you have this sort of way of just kind of looking into the middle distance to try to avoid eye contact with people. Um, And as you walk along, you do notice there's a boy on the corner selling newspapers and umbrellas to passersby. But you don't notice anything else really of interest.
1: Selling umbrellas, eh?
0: Yes. Selling umbrellas.
1: Interesting. What does the sky look like? Does it look like it's uh, about to be stormy and raining or...
0: Yeah, so taking the time to look up, you do see there are some dark clouds moving in from sort of the southeast.
1: Okay. So it does look look like rain in, uh, in Arkham, at least. So,
0: hmm. Okay. Got to make a mental note of that. Okay. So you walk by, boy calling out his usual thing. You know, I've got umbrellas, umbrellas, latest headlines of the day. And, um, you can see up ahead where your, your friend, your contact is waiting for you.
1: Ah, uh, David. Excellent. Okay. So I'll, uh, make a beeline for, for David to meet up with him.
0: All right. So he is kind of standing against leaning against the car. It's a nice car, relatively new. And uh, he looks up at you and he says, Father.
1: Uh David, so good to see you again.
0: Uh, wanting to have some lunch, or are you looking to get on the road?
1: Uh, and with that, um, Jared will put one of his uh, cases, because he's carrying you know the valise in one hand and the suitcase in the other. So right. he'll put one down to reach into his vest pocket and uh, take out his uh, pocket watch and flick it open and look at the time and see what time it is. Because he knows he has to be in Ipswich at uh, o'clock. Right. <laughs> and it's now o'clock. So, you know. This is what it's I'm
0: early to afternoon.
1: Okay. And I have to be in Ipswich later. It's, you know, however many hours drive do I have time to have lunch with my friend, David?
0: I mean, that's up to you. It is a bit of a drive um, through country. You're not as familiar with. Um, like I said, there's clouds kind of to the Southeast, but it doesn't look like whatever they're carrying has reached you at this point.
1: Okay. Hmm. Looking at the, the sky and hearing that a storm is expected. I think uh, prudence would dictate that I get on the road as soon as possible, so uh, I will decline David's gracious invitation and beg off citing the pending weather. Um, Let's see, what would he say? Uh, Thank you, David, you're too kind. I've heard from two separate sources, however, that perhaps we're expecting some inclement weather. And I believe it would be best advised to uh, try to make my destination before the worst of it rolls in.
0: You know, that is probably for the best. Why, as always, Father, uh, you want to just drop me off at the office, then? Splendid,
1: yes. Uh, is there anything your vehicle needs while she's in my care? Um, shall I uh, top off the tank for you or any sort of uh, rattles or shakes you'd like me to take a look at? See, he's... Uh, Over the course of their friendship, it's become known that uh, Gerald is a a bit handy with the mechanical stuff. So um, he he likes to offer his services if there's anything um, that he can minister to for the soul of the vehicle as well as the owner.
0: (laughs) And he kind of puts a a hand up. He says, you'll notice this is a, a different one than the last one you borrowed. It's new. He slaps the roof. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could fit so many Cthulhu's in here. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, sounds good. All right. You know, great. It's like, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate to say, but business has been good. Yeah. Uh, yes. The silver lining, so to speak. All right. So you guys um, hop in to his car. You get it started up.
1: And I'll drive him back to his office and uh, drop him off and then be on my way. Now, do I know the way
0: to Ipswich? Do I have like a map or something like that? Yep. So he um, has a few papers in his hand Mm -hmm. and he kind of shuffles through them. You notice he has a newspaper and he has kind of the local area map. And he's like, it's a pretty straight shot. You know, taking the main road up—it's not always paved like it is in town. But uh, I don't think you'll have any problem finding your way up to Ipswich. Just goes through some small, you know, towns, some wooded areas, some cabins, and things like that along the way. I've heard it's uh, pretty much a straight shot. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty straightforward. And he marks a couple areas. Like if you do need to stop for fuel or, or you know, need to answer the call of nature, there's a, a couple little cafes and gas stations here along the way.
1: Okay. About
0: how long of a drive is it? Would you say it should take you a, a couple few hours? Okay.
1: So not too bad.
0: Yeah.
1: It was actually pretty, pretty close then because a couple few hours back then when you're doing like maybe 45 tops, yeah. <laughs> like I'm guessing I clearly don't know anything about, you know, early, 20th century motor vehicles. <laughs> they probably went right. way, way faster. I don't know. I don't think they started going really fast, though, until bootleggers started, like, souping up the vehicles to outrun the cops because right. of prohibition. Right. So this is just, like, really even, I don't know, in the in the middle of that, before that, I don't even know. Like, man, Americans in their woeful history education. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, but even then, those sort of upgrades aren't available to normal folk or likely to be possessed by them unless it's something they're interested yeah, in. Yeah, this is just like a normal, like, I don't know,
1: Packard or whatever. So, you know, it's uh, it's just your standard, you know, sedan, I guess. Now, would I know that there's, like, a repair kit in the in the trunk or...
0: You probably would have seen it when you were putting your, oh, my stuff. your yeah. stuff away.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. would have seen that there's a little kit with a, a spare tire and a tire iron and a jack and road flares and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it would necessarily have all of that stuff. It's more focused on the repair stuff, so probably not flares, but there is an electric torch hmm. in the kit um, and things like that.
1: Okay, the batteries made out of cardboard and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) early 20th century technology. (laughs) Okay. Um, cool. Yeah.
0: So you kind of pull over at the office of undertaker, David Theakston and, uh, let him out. And he says, well, you know, do stay ahead of whatever this weather that is, that's rolling in and. Uh, I'll see you on your way back.
1: Yes, thank you so much, David. And the church thanks you as well. And I assure you, she is in good hands. I will take excellent care of your vehicle.
0: Oh, I have no doubt about it. That's that's why it's always a pleasure to hand her off to you when you're here. Thank you again. I will return to you in two days. Is that
1: right? I mean, that just
0: that sounds up. fair. Yeah, you're going up. You'll stay overnight and head back soon. So, okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, so as you let him out, it's like mid-afternoon at this point, but it seems, you know, almost to be getting a bit dark already because of the clouds moving in. And really, as you start to get out of town, you notice just a trickle of rain beginning to fall. So it really is probably best that you got on your way.
1: Yeah, I agree. Don't wanna get mired in the mud or the muck.
0: So you've gone up a little bit quickly on your way up out of town. One, because there's not really any traffic to speak of, um, but two, because you are trying to stay ahead of the rain that's really starting to come in.
1: Hmm. Okay. So Mrs. Miss Smith was correct. There's a storm that's rolled in.
0: Yes, and as the Storm sort of catches up with you. You find that even though it's not quite what you would consider nighttime by the, by the clock, by the watch, night has fallen in earnest because it's just so dark. Mm-hmm. Um, the sky ahead of you along the road is just abyssal black and occasionally riven by lightning. I mean, there are no street lights out here. Um, the conditions on the road force you to actually start to slow down. So good. You left early because you're not going as quickly as you hoped. Mm -hmm. And eventually you get down to pretty much, I mean, a virtual crawl so that your headlamps can pierce through the gloom and try to keep you on the road and not into the trees that line it on either side. The only thing you're certain about right now is that the weather behind you is worse than that which surrounds you. So the only thing that makes sense is to keep going forward.
1: I feel like Gerald would be sort of hunched over the steering wheel, peering uh, through the, you know, windshield as best he can with the old timey wind wiper or windshield wipers uh, furiously batting the, the water away, you know, to and fro uh, while he squints with his one good eye into the like dim yellow headlamp light. Right. And might maybe even mutter to himself, if you're going through hell, keep
0: going and
1: uh and just steadfast and uh set on his course.
0: Yeah, which should have been a, a rather straightforward drive has become a little bit unpredictable. Um and so you're trying to keep an eye out, um you're trying to stay on the road. Luckily there don't seem to be a lot of other vehicles but without warning, something runs in front of the path of your car. A pale figure rearing up as if from nowhere. Um, and you try to swerve to avoid hitting it. And you notice right before this kind of moment of potential impact, it appears to be the figure of a woman, her eyes wide, her mouth open in a scream. I need you to make a drive auto roll.
1: Drive Auto, auto drive. Okay, I need to find my score here. Drive auto, here we go. Okay, 50, which means I succeeded. Okay. So my drive auto score is 55.
0: Right, so you break and swerve and skid a bit in the muddy path that you're on, but you are able to avoid hitting her, even clipping her in any way. You can swerve to avoid her, but you do notice that as you do so, she kind of falls to her knees in the muck and starts and kind of lays down in the road. Okay. And I did put for your enjoyment, a little scene picture for you in the chat.
1: I see. Wow. That's pretty eerie. Well done. Thank you.
0: Welcome. So what would you like to do?
1: He's going to give himself a quick, quick check. You know, he, he kind of swerved off to the shoulder. He didn't hit a tree or anything. Right. And the car's still running, I assume. Yes. Okay, so everything seems to be in order. He didn't, you know, uh, you know, he's not injured in any way. So it was just kind of skidded off to the, to sh- to the shoulder and saw the lady slump. So after making sure, you know, taking quick stock, um, his first priority will be to see to this uh poor woman who is clearly in need of assistance so uh snatching his hat off the the passenger seat where it lay uh he'll jam it down on his head uh against the wind and the wide brim should help keep some of the the rain off and uh his his uh, priest, uh coat should also you know help given that you know fine wool right and so on uh and he'll dash out into the weather to the woman's side
0: right so stepping out of the car into the driving wind and rain you see the woman she appears to be semi-conscious um maybe suffering from exposure clearly not dressed to be out here soaked to the skin um and she's just laying in the road right now
1: okay um so I don't think that I would have a uh a blanket or anything like that, but I probably have a plain clothes uh sport coat or similar in my in my suitcase. So what I'd like to do is see if I could get her back to the car just for shelter. She's I mean, I'm not taking her prisoner. You know right. <laughs> I mean she's free to wander off into the storm uh against you know, all good advice. But I I just like to try to help her to the car if she'll be helped.
0: Right. Um, So getting to her, the things you would notice right away. um, She's got, um, like I said, she's soaked through. Her clothes are torn. It looks like maybe she's been running through the woods a bit. Mm. Um, And she has a big bruise um, kind of on her head. I'll give you a little picture of what she kind of looks like. Oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> and she's kind of not really responding to you, sort of drifting in and out of consciousness.
1: Okay. Um can I can I help her to her feet or um is she not do I have to carry her? What what do we think is going on with that?
0: Based on how she was responding, it seemed at this point as she is, you would probably need to at least half carry her to get her to the car.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I think I should at least say something to her. Offer some some comforting words. Miss, miss, you seem to have been in a terrible accident. Uh, fear not, fear not. I'm Father Britain. I'm here to help you. Please, please let me help you to my vehicle and get you out of the rain.
0: And she just sort of groans, but she doesn't fight you or anything like that. Okay. I'll try to pick her up. Okay. She's, um... She's a small woman. She's not difficult to move. Um, and so you're able to get her in out of the rain into, I would assume, what are you putting her in the back seat of the car, or the front seat? I'll put her in the passenger seat. Okay. And so you're able to kind of get her out of the worst of the weather. Um, is there anything that you would like to do?
1: Yes. Once I have her in the passenger seat, I'd like to go through my uh, luggage and also, if I recall like if there was a i don't know an emergency blanket or similar in the trunk, that would be perfect. but if there's not, I'd like to use maybe my uh plain clothes uh coat or jacket blazer what have you um to sort of you know act as a blanket to drape over her shoulders
0: sure um I would say in this very new car, perhaps the undertaker was uh, sold on a few extra things he didn't actually need.
1: Coming into some new money as well, yeah.
0: So not only is there the little auto repair kit, but there is, as part of the emergency kit, sort of like the basic, like, what if you're stuck out there in a blizzard, you know, sort of things going on. So there is, like, it's not the best blanket, but there is a bit of, like, a dry emergency blanket that's in the the kit.
1: Perfect. Like, to grab that and go back to the uh the passenger side door because trying to do it sitting next to her would just be awkward and weird. Right. Um so it it might be better though because the uh right side of my face would be facing her and it's the left side that is horrific and gross. Right. <laughs> so, so like that might be better but I'm not even thinking about that right now. Okay. So I'm going to go to the passenger side and you know, open the door and, and see if I can, you know, sort of bundle her a little bit in this in this blanket, put it over her shoulders and tuck it down behind her back and wrap it around in, in front of her in, in a very fatherly, appropriate way, kind of like, you know, a father might, you know, a literal father um, might wrap a blanket around his daughter.
0: Okay. So, kind of getting her out of the the rain and and trying to warm her up a little bit as you kind of snug the blanket in around her you notice that she's kind of muttering to herself as her like like eyelids sort of flicker um she's not really all here right now but you hear her saying things like grandfather and the light
1: yes yes your grandfather i'm sure he's fine dear don't worry about that now I don't know what else to say. (laughs) All right. I mean, but if I'm snugging her in and she's, you know, sort of a little delirious, I guess, which makes sense. And and this is uh, Gerald in his element, you know, running into the lightning and the rain and the mud to, like, rescue someone. You know, this is kind of what he did, you know, while he was in the war. So this is definitely in his wheelhouse.
0: Right. Did you want to use your first aid to try to evaluate her... Or did you want to see if she has any idea or anything like that? Like, what are you wanting to do at this point?
1: Um, I mean, she seems somewhat... I would assume she seems somewhat stable right now. Because she's, you know, talking and stuff like that. I don't have, like, a little pen light to see if her eyes dilate or whatever. Um, So, I mean, I feel like as long as I keep her conscious that she'll be okay, okay. But I should probably... I don't want to examine her over much, you know? I feel as though it's a little, you know, inappropriate for me to be with this young lady in, you know, this vehicle out in the middle of nowhere. It has all of these connotations of impropriety that are very much impressed upon people in this era. Sure. And, you know, also, you know, with my Catholic upbringing, there's very much uh, an uh, emphasis on what is proper. So... Um, now is not the time to really, I think, examine her, even though my intentions are 100% legit. Okay. Um, so if there's any cursory examination I can do to confirm my suspicion that she's probably okay, she took a knock on the head, as long as she doesn't go to sleep, because she could have a concussion, she should be fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you wanted to make a first aid role, that would kind of allow you to call up your understanding of these sorts of injuries and situations
1: all right here we go okay 14 fantastic so that is oh man it is almost a double plus success
0: so almost an extreme you got a hard uh yeah I
1: got okay. a hard because I rolled under 33 sure from because my first aid score is 67 now I could luck this to a 13 which would be uh, extreme success.
0: I don't know that it would be worth it at but, this point. Yeah, yeah. I
1: was just thinking. I really think that the 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 plus success is is good enough as opposed to the double plus. Sorry, it, what is it? Hard and extreme. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, we're getting out of our eclipse phase mode, <laughs> back into Cthulhu. Is it a mountain success or a do success? Because it's extreme. Extreme. All right. Uh, all right, bruh. So. <laughs> You are able to confirm that probably the best thing you could have done for her at this point, just based on her state of dress and just how soaked she is in this storm, um, is that getting her out of the rain and warm is probably important. Um, From the look of the bruise on her head, it looks like she probably got it maybe about an hour or so ago, based on its coloration. Okay. Um. So it's a pretty fresh injury. Yeah. But yes, it. She should probably. You should probably try to keep her awake. And because it's not the movies, you know, head injuries can can cause some unfortunate side effects. Yes. So it'll be some time before you know what she might be able to to tell you about what
1: happened. Mm. Okay. Sounds good. Too bad I don't have, like, a medic bag, so I could give her some cocaine. Right. The cure-all. <laughs> the cure-all. <laughs> uh, it looks like it's uh, got... She has a little knot, a little bruise like, over her left eye. Yes. Above her left eyebrow. Correct. On her forehead there. Um, so it seems to me, as the player, that, that maybe she... Uh, Attained that whilst fleeing, it looks like she ran headlong into something as opposed to usually when something hits you on the head, you're caught unawares, you know or it's a side sort of sure. deal knots on the the forehead i I feel like or or more like you know you ran into something i i don't know um but I did want to oh I want to look at her feet what's her what's her footwear situation
0: she is wearing. Sort of these little dress low heels. Okay. Um, that she's been probably not very effectively running through the nearby wood or this storm um, for however long she's been out here. Okay. So
1: do her, I'm assuming she's wearing a dress. Yes. Of some kind. Okay. So her legs, as she's sitting down, are probably exposed below the knee.
0: Right. Her skirt does fall below the knee it's a very i would say you know it's pretty even for the time yeah it's a pretty modest affair um very fine Hmm. it's a a very nice looking cut um but it's not it doesn't expose anything she she looks pretty proper
1: okay i was only asking because um I want to see if her legs appear to be scratched up running through the brush and similar.
0: Oh, yeah. Her dress is torn in a number of places where it looks like it caught on branches and similar. Um, and she has some minor. I mean, they're not significant injuries, but it does look like she's been running through brambles.
1: Okay. That's all I wanted to to ascertain. Okay. Um, well, I would say to her. Uh, you seem to be settled. Let, let's let get you back to civilization, miss.
0: Alright, I need you to make a no roll to see if you recall where there might be some of those stops along the way. Okay. Uh,
1: Not quite gonna make it. <laughs> it's a uh, 75, and my no is 55.
0: So. Okay. So, you do... Have the papers still that David left in the car um, that you could rifle through, uh, but you don't recall off the top of your head exactly where those stops were.
1: Okay. Well, I feel like I would just press on ahead. Okay. You know? Sure. And uh, keep an eye out for a light in the storm.
0: All right. Um, I'm going to have you make a spot hidden roll, please. And I would need you to make a hard success for this one, if possible.
1: Okay, this is a tall order, lady. Nope, 73. All right,
0: so you keep driving down the road and up ahead you see, let me grab some information for you here. There is up ahead a lit small complex of buildings that you can see through the storm. It looks like a single pump gas station with a diner attached to it. Um, The lights here burn brightly through the driving rain. It's kind of a beacon of welcome light after your run in on the road. But you do notice that something is amiss. Hmm. There is a cattle truck blocking part of the road ahead of you at an angle. You can see it looks like it clearly was skidding to a halt in the mud there. It looks abandoned. The driver's door is opened. The elements, the wheels rest half sunk in thick wet mud. There's also a single two-seater Ford Roadster parked in front of the cafe and an older Packard lodged by the gas station office. You don't see any other vehicles here, but it does look like there are people present based on what you see. Um, Go ahead and make a spot hit and roll. I put plenty of them in here since you always think that's the only role you need. I mean, am I wrong so far? <laughs> like, I've done, I've done a no role. In, yeah. And that's. And a first aid.
1: And a first aid. Yeah. And this is a spot hidden number three.
0: Yeah. I did purposely so, put a bunch in here for you though. Okay.
1: Well, 95. Okay. I'm just going to keep failing the spot hidden roles. That's why, that's why I'm saying. Just max spot hidden and you're good. Like, <laughs> you know, if you're in a party, at least. You can be like, uh, guys, uh, guys, and then they can do all the running, jumping, climbing trees,
0: putting on makeup
1: when they're up there, punching, kicking, flipping, and shooting. Right. So
0: So the rain does make it difficult to tell for sure if there's anyone here, but you do notice the lights are on inside the cafe of this sort of gas and dash sort of location. Hmm. Can I pull up at the pump? So it's, um, it takes a little doing because of the mud and because of the truck that's kind of half blocking part of the drive into this gas station and half the road. Um, but yeah, pulling into the pump, it makes it easier to note. You can see shapes inside the rain sodden complex of the cafe area. And I'll give you a little handout for that. This is kind of what you see. And um, getting this close, you can actually make out the sign, which was hard to see through the rain. It says Orchard Run Gas and Cafe.
1: Okay. Now, I need to sort of ascertain what's going on with this here, because there's definitely something amiss. Clearly, there's been some sort of accident in the road, uh, probably due to the storm. I'm sure it's all completely mundane and on the up and up but it seems like it just recently happened due to the state of the vehicle uh the the cow trailer truck right so i don't want to take um the the young lady from the rain you know into this place without knowing really what's going on on the one hand on the other hand it's kind of in my nature to trust in the positive intentions of others just because of my, uh, you know, beliefs. Sure. So, um, yeah, I I think I'm going to try to get her inside into the, uh, into the diner.
0: Okay. So the lights above the pump and the cafe are all burning brightly through the driving rain. um, You are able to run up that little short set of steps because, you know, it's before accessibility was part of the (laughs) the rule books. Um, And you can see that there are a group of five people inside, and most of them are huddled around one of them, um, a kind of rough looking man. And you see them kind of attending to him almost they've kind of crowded around him and piled him with some warm blankets and jackets and things like that. And you hear him insisting. He's like the dead light. It, it drove me off the road. I swear it. Hmm.
1: He said dead light. Yes. Wow. That's interesting.
0: And He's- the folk around him, like I said, um, There are kind of three people huddled around him. Um, They look like this. Let me, here's the man who's muttering to himself um, while they're piling him up with blankets. He's a, I mean, if if it was his truck outside, he definitely looks the part, kind of not quite clean working clothes is what he has on. Um, And then huddled around him are uh, a man in a bow tie who seems to be kind of fussing around him and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit quieter in here. And an elderly couple who just seem to be very worried um, about whatever is going on. Huh. And then you can see kind of behind the counter, away from this little group of people, there appears to be what is the waitress of this diner, because she has the little apron on and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, by her looks, she doesn't look much the part of a small-town waitress. She's a very hip-looking young lady. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Well, okay. Is there a a booth or similar that I could get the... uh woman in the rain settled in. I don't know her name, so.
0: It's true. So you carry this woman in out of the rain, and although they're very focused on this man who they have in one of the booths, you're able to take her to another one. Um, It's a kind of a long, narrow diner, so there are plenty along that kind of front-windowed area of booths that you can set her in, and then there are stools along the counter. Okay. Okay. Um, and as you walk in, uh, you notice the girl behind the counter seems to take note of you, and then the man in the bow tie looks up at you and he says, "Ah, another one out of the rain."
1: Yes, this this young lady needs help. Uh, I I encountered her on the road about two miles back, and I I I must admit I, I almost uh, had an accident. She was in the road and is clearly distressed and injured. But uh, I was able to bring her here, and hopefully uh, she can get some medical assistance.
0: And so he kind of quickly sort of waddles over to you, and he's like, Oh, well, I do say that. That's Amelia. Amelia, you say? Yes. Amelia Webb. She lives with her grandfather not far uh, off the road. You probably drove right by the place on your way up here.
1: Indeed, this, this would uh, make sense. She was muttering about her grandfather and something about the light
0: as well. Um, that kind of makes him look nervously back at the man they were checking on when you came in. He's like, uh, all this crazy talk. This is quite the storm. Lightning's got everyone on edge. Uh, I do wonder if her grandfather's all right, though. I'm, it's strange to see her out, especially on foot in this sort of weather.
1: Indeed, she seemed to run headlong into the road. I almost hit her. Uh, thank God above that I did not. Uh, by the by, I am Father Britton. Pleased to meet you, sir.
0: Oh, yes, of course. Sorry. Sam, Sam keelan Sam, yes. How do you do? Well, uh, would be doing better if we weren't in such a state right now, but at least the power's still on here. Uh, does seem it's out in other areas, and... And the phone line seemed to be down. Ah,
1: so we're without communication. We can't uh, call for a doctor.
0: Well, I think you'd find the only doctor anywhere nearby would be her grandfather.
1: Oh. Oh, I see. Hmm. Uh, perhaps we ought to uh, head head her to her home and render aid. If uh, If she ran out in such a state, perhaps she was frantically running to get help. Perhaps the... The old boy has suffered, uh, um, the, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of an old timey name for a medical condition or something <laughs> like that. Uh,
0: apoplexy.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so well, I, if you were looking to go back out in that weather, I mean, I could certainly draw you a bit of a map to find your way.
1: Well, we can't stand by idly and do nothing. Uh. If, if you could provide me direction, I will see if I can uh, retrieve this young lady's... Uh, Amelia, did you say? Amelia's grandfather and return him
0: here to us to render aid to those in need. Yeah, it, I have to stay here, you know, gotta keep things running, gotta keep the lights on, but I can certainly take care of her for you so you don't have to take her back out in this mess.
1: Okay. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I have to make sure and give like, he seems to to know her. So yes, he's he's a local. So that's, that's true. Good. I just kind of got to give uh, give everyone present the, the the eye. It looks like maybe the, the elderly couple and the, the lady behind the counter. You know, I just want to get a gauge of their character because I don't want to leave this help you helpless young lady in a compromising position.
0: All right, let's give everyone a nice psychology role. To see, as you look around the room, sort of what you read from what you're seeing.
1: Okay, here we go. Man, good
0: night. Ninety-seven. And That's you, not you, gonna help. You think your dice think you're playing a different game? Yes. Where you want to roll high? Mm-hmm. They're like it's D and D time. Let's roll a real high oh, number. Let's roll really high. All right. So everyone seems to be kind of in a state of semi-panic, not sure what to do in this storm, especially with this being the second sort of casualty of the storm being brought in, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but the place does seem warm and dry. Um, and you have, you know, the older couple kind of like doting over the man who keeps like trying to swat them away, and he's like, "I swear swear that's what I saw. Just let me be." Y'all. I'll calm down. And then the woman behind the counter just seems to be trying to uh, avoiding interacting with the whole lot of folk that are here.
1: Okay. Uh, did he give me Amelia's last name?
0: He did. He said her name was Amelia Webb.
1: Now, is it safe to assume that her grandfather is Mr. Webb? As she seems... Dr. Webb. Unwed. Yes. So, Okay. Okay. So he after after giving everyone the uh, the scrutiny scrutinizing eye, and, and really not being able to tell any anything, but not really having a choice. Sure. Uh, Gerald would want to appeal to the to the crowd to see if anyone wants to accompany him to Doctor Webb's house to check on him. And also retrieve him to reunite him with his granddaughter so that he knows she's safe, but also is present to render aid to, to anyone who might stop at this, uh, roadhouse, which has become sort of a, uh, uh, impromptu shelter right. in the storm.
0: Um, so as you mentioned leaving, of course, the, the man you were talking to, Sam, he's the, the manager of this establishment. Um... He just kind of like sort of wrings his hands at the, the concept of leaving this place, which is his responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the old couple just make very unhelpful old people noises. A lot of, oh, oh, my, no, in this weather. No, oh, oh. <laughs> <Okay>. Dreadful. <laughs> Unthinkable. <laughs> and, uh, and they still seem to be fussing over the man who apparently... Had the incident where he drove off the road. Hmm. All right. And then the woman behind the counter says, "I think I should probably stay and help keep a an eye on this new one you brought in. She seems like she needs some help. Maybe something warm to drink when she comes to."
1: Indeed, that would be much appreciated. Please keep her awake. She suffered a blow to the head. She must not fall asleep under any circumstances until her condition can be further evaluated by uh, a physician.
0: Okay. Um, I would like you to go ahead and make a psychology roll again.
1: 19. So that's good, finally. Uh that is a hard success.
0: From what you're noticing, it definitely seems Sam is a local. He recognizes Amelia and seems concerned that she's out in this state. The old people don't seem like locals. They seem like very confused traveler passerby folk who are not prepared to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um and Mary seems nervous and concerned. Particularly about you going back out in this storm.
1: Mary is...
0: Mary is the waitress. Waitress. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. What about
1: Burly Dude who was apparently driving the cow truck?
0: Did you want to go and talk to him? Well, I mean... He's sort of being fussed over a little bit away from you. He hasn't really gotten up or anything. And and he's
1: just uh, swearing over and over again he saw something.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Let me go talk to him.
0: All right, so you're heading over to the man who's been piled with jackets and such, and you can see as you get closer, it looks like he's been here for a little while. There are a couple empty cups of coffee on the table in front of him, and he has another cup in his hand. And he seems, I mean, he's not delirious or anything. He seems relatively calm at this point, just insistent on what he's telling the old couple who keep telling him, oh no, you the lightning don't be don't worry no one thinks less of you for having an accident on the road in this sort of weather and he's like I swear I saw something out there never mind just let me drink this coffee I'll get back to it
1: Hmm. I will impose uh, on their conversation and um, introduce myself Good, good evening.
0: Oh, my, look, it's a priest. What a lucky day. Oh, did you get caught out there on the road as well? Do you need coffee, dear? Indeed. Married. I think he needs coffee.
1: <laughs> Gerald will think to himself, my God, she's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he'll just sort of smile his lopsided smile uh, yeah. kindly while And the he old waits. man looks at
0: her and he says, Winifred. Let the men talk.
1: <laughs> Will you stifle yourself? <laughs> 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 oh, fantastic. Uh, and and just uh, waiting for the lull. Uh, yes, unfortunately, I was caught out in the weather. Good evening. I am Father Britton of uh, Boston, late of Boston, Massachusetts. I don't know if that even makes sense. Is that what you say, that you're from there back then? Where yeah. <laughs> did you die? <laughs> That's where you're from. <laughs> Uh <laughs> I need to study up on this old-timey uh, vernacular. Uh, I hope I hope you're all holding up under the circumstances.
0: Well, we had to get in under this weather. You'll notice our car doesn't have much of a roof. Indeed, Winifred, you liked it that way, don't? Just because we hit some weather doesn't mean you need to start complaining about it. But yes, we did come inside. It wasn't pleasant out there.
1: God is good. He provides for all of his children under the most dire circumstances, so it is truly a blessing that you have found this shelter and these people to uh, share fellowship with. Might I uh, trouble the young man here, however? I am in need of assistance. The young lady yonder is in need of assistance as well, and I feel as though he can render such aid.
0: If you want to, uh, save me from these hens constantly pecking at me, I wouldn't mind that at all. And he kind of gives the old people <laughs> a pointed look. <laughs> oh, I <prior> heard <to> this. <laughs> and he says, Winifred, let's go get some coffee. Come, come. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> I wasn't going to chase them off, nor was I going to admonish the young men about, you know, um not looking a gift pig in the mouth (laughs) and and so on right um so I, i would i would like to uh turn my attention back to the young man and uh might i speak frankly with you young man
0: and being closer to him now it does look like you're about the same age Oh. At this point, so you are similar in age.
1: Oh, oh, well, I'm not gonna call him young man then. I need to kind of rewind and retcon. Yeah, that. I, I just looking at his picture, he appeared very youthful, and I, I feel that's maybe just a consequence of his um, I don't know, corpulence, his diet of hog flesh, <laughs> his diet of, of fat back and Thunderbird wine. <laughs> uh, okay, so um. Instead, Gerald would say, might I speak frankly with you, my good man?
0: You may do what you like.
1: Ah, as must we all. You see, I am but a lone priest traveling from Ockham to Ipswich for an engagement down the road in that locale. However, I seem to have almost run down this poor young lady. I'm told she is one Amelia Webb of this local area. In any case she was muttering about her grandfather i'm told she they i'm told they live nearby and we must go check on him she clearly ran out into the storm seeking assistance and was muttering about her grandfather i fear the old man may have suffered some sort of malady
0: well i can certainly make my way with you i don't know if my truck's worth much of anything at this point but if there's something there that needs fixing, and he, like, smashes his fist into his open palm, he's like, I'm definitely the only man around here who can help you with that.
1: Excellent. This is exactly the aid I need. Someone to watch my back and assist me in whatever we may encounter out there. I don't suspect foul play, but I've learned over my in my time to never rule it out. My vehicle is quite sound, and I can drive us there, I'm sure. Do you happen to know the way? Um... Mr. Um, God, what was his name? The, the manager. Sam. Uh, Sam, that's right. Um, uh, I'll call him Mr. Sam, sure. Mr. Sam. Sam Keelum. Mr. Sam uh, was kind enough to draw me this uh, map as I kind of flap a, a napkin with some sure. ink drying on it. <laughs> oh,
0: let me. There we go. Get you a map. So, if you would look upon this map that I've given you, you'll notice number one is where you found Amelia on the road.
1: Ooh, okay. That is tiny. Let me open it up
0: Yeah, you need to click.
1: And there we go. Okay.
0: Heading north, like you did. You Mm -hmm. kept going on the road. Two and four... Two is the complex of buildings that you're in right now, the Orchard Run Gas and Diner. Four is where the truck is mostly blocking the road. And you'll notice if you go back down south, there's a long sort of switchback little driveway that leads to Amelia's home with her grandfather.
1: Okay.
0: A place they tell you is called Green Apple Acre Cottage. Because, you know, houses have to have names in these times. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Monticello and Martha's Vineyard and (laughs) all that fancy pants, white people, name your house type of shit.
0: Yes. (laughs) And it does seem from Amelia's dress and the way they speak about her and her grandfather, they're probably the most well-to-do people in this area.
1: Okay. So, looking at this map, if this is accurate, because... Homeboy just drew this on a, a napkin. Yes. Um. It looks like Amelia just fled headlong through these heavy woods, made it to the road, and I almost ran her over.
0: I mean, that is something you could infer from this map, potentially.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I would infer from this map. Sure. So, um, I mean, as a player, but for Gerald, I don't know what... Uh, I don't know if if he would necessarily get that same, uh, you know, impression from it. So what would I roll to see what he makes of this map?
0: Unless you have a skill that you think most specifically applies, I think this would just be an intelligence roll.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah. All right. 57, well under my score, but just a normal success.
0: You think she spent the better part of an hour or more running directly away from that location through branches and underbrush in a storm, till eventually meeting you on the road.
1: Yes, meeting me, almost getting run over by me. <laughs> yes. But she didn't. I mean, it could have happened. That's what the dice roll was for. Right. Luckily, I didn't, you know, turn her into a speed bump. That would have been a terrible tragedy. Okay. Well, um, we have the map. I have some assistance. And, um, you know, uh, I think we're ready to go. So uh, what is your name, sir? Jake. Jake. Well met. Uh, I am in more formal circumstances, Father Britton, but if you prefer, you may call me Jerry.
0: I see, uh, Father Jerry. See, I'm from a bit up north towards Bolton. I have a pig farm out there, but I come into town to get gas, do some trade, and... Yeah, do you, you want me to check my truck for the shotgun and bring that with?
1: I was just going to advise you to gather your effects, anything you may think uh, might come in useful in our current endeavor and uh, come out to my to my car. It's parked just by the pumps uh, when you're ready to depart. but please make all haste. We don't know uh, the state of uh, uh, Dr. Webb.
0: Are you going to go out with him to his truck? Sure. All right.
1: I guess because I just said get your shit together and you know meet me at my car. Right. You know, but um, I guess I could be seeing this as we're walking out, and then just kind of decide like, oh, it's just right there. I'll go to the truck with him. What the hell?
0: He uh, kind of goes to the open cab of the truck. Like, pulls the key out of the ignition. The lights go out and uh from behind the seat pulls out a you know a pretty standard country shotgun okay looks like a from your experience Mm -hmm. looks like a 12 gauge
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay excellent i mean does he have a, a coat or a jacket or anything that he wants to bring? I mean...
0: It doesn't look like
1: it. Against the weather? No, he's just wearing his his standard pig farmer stained sleeveless white shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, you do see him grab sort of a jug by its little loop to take with him as well.
1: All right. You know,
0: not here to judge.
1: So <laughs> it's all right. As far as I know, it's apple juice. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if he kind of looks at me, I'll sort of nod at him and see if he nods back. Yeah, he gives you a nod. All right. Because that's universal man talk for, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, away we go. For sure. Okay, cool. So we'll make our way back to the to my friend's car, Mr. Thiexton's Packard, and uh, head back down the road towards the turnoff to Green Apple Orchard or... Uh, whatever it is.
0: All right. The intensity of the storm appears to have increased somewhat. Um, So I want you to go ahead and make a drive auto roll just to make sure that even though you're probably at a slower speed, we're not having any issues with water and mud and things like that.
1: Tree branches falling across the road. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, wow, six. So I'm just driving the shit out of this car.
0: Yeah, you're in the zone. You know at this point you have someone to potentially help. So you're focused. You know exactly what you need to do. You make your way up the winding drive. um, And you find that, obviously based on the map you expected this, but... It takes quite a while to get up that little winding path up to the cottage proper. It's pretty far off the road. And it's on the other side of a hill. It's very secluded and actually a quite nice place to put, you know, a cottage together if you wanted to be a little bit away from everyone else. I see. So it does take at least about 10 minutes or so just to make it up the drive, especially in this weather. Um, Although you could definitely, it's not far enough that you couldn't make it on foot, but in this weather, that would be very difficult. And you can see as you get closer, the cottage looks like it's been recently renovated. It's a single story, um, old colonial era property that's been, it's gone through some renewal. You can see behind it, there's a small barn that looks like it's being used as a garage. And, um, you know, it's kind of a rustic, traditional New England sort of affair.
1: Okay, are there any lights on?
0: There do not appear to be any lights on in the cottage currently.
1: Okay, are my the headlights of my car, are they kind of splashed across the front of the property or?
0: Yes, and you can see that the door of the cottage is hanging open, and it's kind of banging open and shut in the wind and rain. Mm. The place is dark. Um, But I'd like you to make a spot hidden roll, please.
1: (laughs) No. I would like to make one as well at some point during this game. Unfortunately, this is not in the cards. That's a 44. Okay. And... I think I am going to burn some luck on this to sure. bring this down to a 40.
0: Okay. So, so four uh, points.
1: Yes. Okay. Luck points spent and a normal success on my spot hidden check.
0: So as you're, you turn the vehicle to kind of face the cottage head on, you notice the glint of a metal pry bar crowbar laying in the mud in the lawn near the door. And you also see an area where it looks like someone, a larger someone, has slipped and left like a skid patch that has not yet been eroded by the rain.
1: Hmm. Okay. So that might be the start of a trail for someone who has fled. So uh I'll make a mental note of that and um park the car and nod at Jake and get out go around to the trunk to retrieve my electric torch my flashlight right electric lantern whatever it is sure and uh i guess hmm. what's the oh, damage bonus none Okay.
0: You're not a big dude.
1: Right. That's fine. Uh, But a tire iron is better than just a fist if it comes to it. There's so. also
0: the crowbar in the mud. That would be similar. Okay. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I guess I'll just retrieve the flashlight. I'll look at the tire iron, think about it, and decide to leave it behind. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 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 All
0: right, so what would you like to do?
1: So assuming that Jake is following suit...
0: Yeah, he's kind of following your lead.
1: I'll check the, the flashlight, you know. Y- you got to shake it and turn it off and turn it on and, and shine like it on your palm. Hit it against your hand yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on your palm, shine it on there and like, okay. You yeah. Know, that's, that's like... It's like picking up tongs at the salad bar. You gotta clack clack, you know, before you grab anything. It's just, it is known, Khaleesi. Yeah. So and
0: it's the old timey. You know, it's like an incandescent bulb. It's like a dim yellow light. Right. And <laughs> it gets really hot, so you want to not hold it around the front then when it's on.
1: Yeah, it's uh, old school. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know if 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 it gets wet, maybe it would explode. <laughs> you know. Like light bulbs used to do, if if you.
0: It is in a housing, at least. I you yeah. think you'll be all right if you kind of keep right. it under your coat a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll definitely keep it close to the to the chest until I turn it on, mostly to explore the inside of the uh, of the home. Uh, actually, I'll probably use it. Uh, huh. I think I'll leave the car running, the lights on, to provide light. Um. And uh. So that maybe that'll aid in the investigation of the the dooryard, and use the flashlight for the interior of the home. Should we venture inside? Sure. But for now, um, I'll walk over to the the skid mark and the crowbar. Wow, that's a great name for a bar. We come up with so many great bar names: Whisper <laughs> 99, the Skid Mark, and crowbar (laughs) that's awesome
0: (laughs) all right so you walk up to them um it looks like the crowbar was simply dropped um if i would need you to figure out something you'd like to roll if you want to make more of a determination about the directionality of this slide that occurred but
1: i mean Really, the only thing that comes to mind is survival because I feel like tracking would fall underneath that, you know, to determine this kind of stuff. So really, that's the that's the only thing that I can think of other than, like, maybe a no roll. Okay. Yeah, see. I
0: mean, if it's not something you're trained in, you can always do a no roll to see if maybe you'd have a little bit of insight.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. Let's see if I can kind of... Ascertain the general direction that whoever made this skid mark was fleeing, just for my own mental notes. All right, uh, 67. So close. Not really that close, but whatever.
0: Um, all right. All right, so it's obviously either going to or from the cottage, um, but it's hard to tell. And as you stand out in the rain, the kind of track of it begins to melt away
1: Mm, just barely caught it Mm -hmm. okay well uh I guess I'll retrieve the crowbar okay kind of heft it in my my other hand that's not holding the flashlight right and uh I mean I guess I'd like to sort of look around out here for anything else that I might see as well okay probably a a spot hidden because there isn't really like investigate or anything like that sure so right. uh 51 so not gonna get there but I looked around you know yeah
0: you looked around again there's the secondary barn area behind the cottage being used as a parking garage and the car is inside of it um
1: oh there's another vehicle here yes okay
0: and, uh, but beyond that, you don't really notice anything that stands out about the area around the, the cottage proper.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, let's, let's head in. I, I, would like to head into the cottage, maybe at the door call out for uh Dr. Webb.
0: All right. So. You call out in the doorway, and there's no response from inside. Okay. And the dark is all that you encounter.
1: All right. Well, click on the flashlight and look around for a light switch. I understand the power may be out, but you know you got to do the whole ch 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 ch, you know, right. To see if it is.
0: So, um, the stairs lead up into what looks like an, a hallway. All of the rooms of the cottage seem to branch off of this main hall. Um, and there is an open doorway to your right. It's the first doorway towards the door. Okay. And I'll say you're inside, so I'll lighten up on the storm noise a little bit for you. Okay. Um, and you do see there's a switch right inside the door. It does look like this place has electricity. Okay. Okay. But it is not currently on.
1: The switch is in the off position or the power isn't currently on?
0: The power is not currently working. Uh,
1: Okay, so I I give the switch its requisite two flips and nothing happens, Mm -hmm. no response. Right. Okay. At this point, uh, Jake is right behind me. Is that true? All right. Well, then I'll uh, make my way to the first room.
0: Okay. So... As you're moving through again, at first, it just seems exactly like you would suspect um, very kind of. It's like rich people who decorate a cabin cabinly, you know, Mm -hmm. where they're like, this is rustic. Right. You know, but it's obviously not cheap. Okay. so it's very like finely rustically decorated.
1: Gotcha. Lots of wood, lots of leather. Right. Maybe some, I don't know. Native American elements? Not
0: in this part of the country. It'd be more of like the coastal themes, I think.
1: Oh, okay. They went nautical. Yeah. Okay. Got it.
0: All right. Fair enough. And um, so you go into that first doorway. I'm just going to pull something. Give me one second.
1: Maybe there's a flannel as a theme. (laughs) And uh, lanterns. Maybe some mining implements. Okay. Some split firewood. (laughs) Mason jars.
0: And there's a slight (laughs) glow that comes out of this first room um, because the fire has burned down in the fireplace, but there's a little bit of smoldering coal left to it. Okay. Looks like it could be stoked back to life, perhaps. So it looks like it's a reception room or a living room of some kind of sitting room, if you will. Yeah. Okay. okay. A salon, a parlor. Hmm.
1: Parlor, yes.
0: Okay. All right. And it looks like it would be a fine sitting room. It's likely a place where perhaps the doctor and his granddaughter spend a lot of time together. But right now, the main thing is that you can see is it's the site of what was obviously a violent altercation of some kind. Oh, no. Okay. You see, um, sitting in front of the fireplace, there are two bodies. Bodies? Well, I mean, as far as you can tell at this point. (laughs) There is an older man um, slumped in a chair close to the fireplace. Um, And you can see that there is a a secondary body which is in a little bit more of strange more horrific condition mm. um it looks like it was a young man in his early 20s probably um mm. his features are contorted in agony um his joints are in odd arrangement um it looks like He was maybe like flailing to the point of maybe self-dislocating some of his joints. And you can see that it looks like something has caused the bottom, the lower half of his body to be reduced to ashes, as if some intense heat burnt them from the ground up. So what remains of his upper body has skin that is blood blotched and blackened um, and Between the two men is an open, it's not really a box. I would say more of like a coffer, um, a stone or metal sort of hinged lid box. And it's open. It's open on the ground.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to assume that uh, Ashlegs is dead.
0: (laughs) I think that's probably fair.
1: And I'm going to rush to the side of the old man who was slumped in the chair you say yes okay um and and check for vital signs
0: all right so getting to the old man and kind of like lifting him upright a little bit um you see this is if there was a stereotype of a new england patrician type Hmm. patriarch this is it he's um he has a, sort of a thin face, it's heavily lined, he has close-cropped white hair, a very f- finely kept beard, um, and he's slumped. Um, he, you can see that there's a wound in his shoulder, which mm-hmm. to you looks like potentially a, a, a gunshot wound of some kind, Oof, but okay. it doesn't look like that's what killed him, because as you're checking for vital signs, you can tell he is not with us, uh. but it doesn't look like he died of his injuries. hmm huh
1: see okay so i would i would presume this is uh dr webb but he seems of appropriate age and appropriate um appearance meets the fits the description so and i don't know that i mean i don't know i've established that he's dead and and in a very respectful of the dead manner i'd like to frisk the old boy to see if he has any uh you know, identification on him.
0: Okay. Um, let's see. I do want you kind of, as you're searching him, the reality of what you've seen of this other body starts to sink in as you're sort of investigating the scene. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to go ahead and make a sanity roll. I'll go ahead and make one for our friend,
1: our friend, Jake. And you just have to beat your current sanity score. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Oh, Ooh. oh. oh man. <laughs> so my current sanity is 85. Yes. I rolled an 84.
0: <laughs> wow. So, All right, so I need you to lose one sanity.
1: Oh, okay. I just barely, I'm, i barely clung to my wits here. Yeah.
0: So it's something that you can kind of swallow and keep working through. You've seen horrible things before, but they always take somewhat of a toll. Meanwhile, though, Jake has run from the room, gone outside, and even over the sound of the rain, you can hear him vomiting out in the mud. Outside.
1: Okay. You'd think that a pig farmer would be made of sterner stuff, given that he has to slaughter pigs all the time, and that's well, pretty gruesome. let me give you an idea
0: of what you're looking at here.
1: Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> doing it (laughs) there you go all right oh goodness that is all right looks like there's a a gun on the floor
0: yes so let me get a little bit more into some of the details since you're taking your time to kind of look around now so searching the old man first you find a pocket watch Which wouldn't necessarily be of interest to you. You're not, like, stealing things, I would assume. No, I'm looking for
1: identification or clues. The
0: pocket watch has a small key on it. Okay. But he doesn't seem to be carrying any other identification at this time.
1: All right. So, okay.
0: Um, Do you want to go ahead and make either a medicine or first aid roll? Yes. Okay.
1: Let's go with first aid. It's kind of my forte. Oh, man. Oh, man. 68, missed it by one point. Let's do some luck.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Luck point spent.
0: All right. You think, I mean, you're no doctor, but you have some experience with um, conditions of shock and, and such, fright. And you think, based on his age and his condition, the condition of his wound and everything, that he likely died of some sort of heart related issue. Okay. Um, based on the situation. It does look like he was shot in the shoulder um, as part of some sort of struggle. You can see the gun that was used on the floor. Um, it's it's a shotgun. So I'm um, not too dissimilar to the one that Jake brought with him.
1: Okay. Looks like a, maybe a sawed-off double barrel. Mm-hmm. In, in in this case. Sure. All right. Um
0: looking around um because the gun is kind of between the old man and the body of the younger man. Around the young man, you also see a crudely looks like it's been ripped off like sackcloth mask.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It looks like there was some sort of maybe a hold-up burglary situation going on here. Okay. Um I uh, And, oh, it's a, yep, a Ah. 20-gauge single-barreled shotgun. Oh, okay. Yep. And you... And you haven't searched the younger man, right?
1: Uh, No, I've been avoiding the younger man. I was going to turn my attention to the box next.
0: Okay. So it's the overturned metal coffer immediately looks out of place for a couple of reasons. One, it does not match the rustic decor that they've set up in this place at all. So it's not part of the theme of the room. Um, But the other thing that you notice about it, um, is it's just, you're not sure why such a thing would be in the room to begin with. It doesn't seem to be holding anything that would be necessary for like a living room parlor like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. Are you gonna pick it up or investigate it or?
1: No, the only thing I'm really interested. It looks in sort of like this. Now this is. Okay, I really just want to see if there's a keyhole, and if there's a keyhole, does the key on presumably Doctor Webb's pocket watch right? Does it fit? into
0: this box what's interesting about this box because typically coffers like this do have a keyhole this one doesn't seem to and you can see the remnants of like um wax around the edges of the hinged lid okay
1: uh now i would like to investigate it to see if there's any evidence of uh, tool marks or scoring or similar along the hinges or joins or what have you Trying to determine if the crowbar that I have was used to uh, jimmy this open.
0: Okay. So, looking at it, you can see the remains of the wax, and actually getting closer to it, the wax has kind of a strange, herby, astringent smell to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, something about it kind of just seems funerary to you, like some sort of urn almost, although there's nothing inside that you can see. Um, There is, there's a little bit actually of like remnant white ash, like Uh kind of inside of it. Mm
1: -hmm. It did look like the, uh, from the picture.
0: Yeah. And it looks like the inside of the box has been lined in lead.
1: Okay. Not, not uncommon um, for uh, caskets and other funerary accoutrements.
0: And it does look like perhaps it just popped open because it looks like it was dropped.
1: Okay. Or thrown,
0: or something like that, in the in the scuffle.
1: All right. So there, there don't appear to be any tool marks or similar.
0: It does not appear so. Um, but I need. What, how, what's your pow? My pow is eighty-five. You you get a really distinct uneasy feeling the longer you look at it.
1: Okay. Got it. Well, let's leave it alone then. I've I've gathered all the information from it that i think i need uh given that i believe that this contained the cremated remains of a person or persons unknown Mm. is what i think is the case sure this uh coffer uh yeah let's turn our attention to the uh the young man who uh recently suffered immolation
0: Unlike the older gentleman, who looks like he was perhaps dressed for a night in, so not carrying much of a personal effect-wise, the young man is carrying a few things in his pockets. Um, and some of those contents are half spilled onto the floor where he's fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, you find two spare shells for the shotgun in his pocket. Um, and... His wallet, containing no identification, does, however, carry a few telling items. Um, A single dollar bill, a gas coupon for the Orchard Gas and Diner, Hmm. and a small folded photograph.
1: Okay. What is the photograph?
0: Um, Unfolding it, it's folded kind of into quarters. You see it's clearly a photo... Of the waitress, Miss Mary Laker, eating cotton candy at some sort of country fair. Okay.
1: Hmm. Perhaps a secret admirer, perhaps a a boyfriend. Hmm, hmm. hmm. Interesting. Okay. And so there doesn't seem to be any Uh, identifying items though, nothing with a name written on it or anything. Is there anything on the back of the photo written on there?
0: No, it is well-worn. This is something that seems like it's maybe been in his wallet for a while. Um, but nothing written on it.
1: Okay. I'll keep the photo. I'll return the wallet and the money and everything to his pocket. Mm -hmm. I'll keep the shells though. And, um, turn my attention to the gun if I can tell that it's a single shot at a glance because there's just one barrel, you know what I mean? Even though this artist needs to do their homework because this shotgun has two triggers suggesting a double barrel. Right. So get your act together, Call of Cthulhu. gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Heart, you guys. Um, I want to just make sure it's empty.
0: Yes. So it looks like the... The shotgun was discharged and is currently lacking any live ammunition in it. Okay,
1: cool. Good. I just don't want to leave anyone who might uh, come upon us, you know, a weapon. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to take the weapon with me, so I'm just going to take the
0: bullets. Sure, that makes sense.
1: Because those are easy to carry. All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we seem to have found what happened. Something was definitely bad here. I mean this this uh the young man suffered some kind of horrible seizure and burst into flames. Uh there's a creepy box and an old man who died from fright. Uh so we're just gonna have to steal ourselves and investigate the rest of the house. But before I do that I'd like to check on Jake.
0: right. So it seems that he had to take a moment to, you know, empty his stomach. You find him sitting on the porch in the rain, drinking whatever is in his little jug, holding it that oh-so-fancy way that you can hold a jug with a small little ring handle to -hmm. drink out of it. Um, It's a very practiced maneuver. Um, And uh, he's like... Sorry sorry about that, father. I just need to collect myself. I've never seen anything like that.
1: I assure you, nor have I, in all my years and all my travels. A very strange and disturbing scene. Um, Perhaps, though, we ought to ensure that there's no one else in the house or anything hiding out or similar. Uh, Now is the time, now is the hour to steal yourself, for their assailant may still be about
0: understood and he kind of stands up he quirks the the jug and uh kind of hoists his shotgun and follows you back into the house and i will say taking a minute to kind of figure out the layout i'll give you the general layout of the cottage and you can kind of tell me where you want to look okay okay it's a very nice little map they did a good job with it oh look at that
1: there's the entrance And I took my first rights into the reception room where this, uh, horrible scene played out. And then,
0: and Jake will tell you kind of going back into the house. He's like, I I think I recognize that kid.
1: You don't say
0: that's a Clem. He hangs out by the gas station quite a bit. So I see him when I come into town. Ah, I, one of the local ne'er do wells.
1: Hmm. I wonder what he was up to here. It it seems as though perhaps he was up to some Dickens uh, at the Webb household. Man, there's just so much to search. Yeah. In here. Uh. But I think so. I don't really have a map of this place, right?
0: No, you have sort of a mental map. I'm assuming you guys kind of went through and sort of cl- basically cleared rooms without oh. searching them.
1: Okay, that, that's what I was going to propose. Yeah. Like, you know, you you duck your head into a room and, you know, shine the flashlight around. You know, if, if nothing seems out of the ordinary, you continue. You know? And, uh, so, now bearing that in mind, I think that, uh. Where
0: did I see
1: on here? Ah, there we go. Okay, stairs to basement. Cool.
0: Yeah, of course there's a basement.
1: There has to be a spooky basement. And I'm glad that there is. So, I would like to start, however, with Dr. Webb's study.
0: Okay. So, you clearly identify one of the rooms as the study. Um, it has a desk, a heavy, fine Wooden desk. Um, there is a bookshelf with a small library of books on it. Um, you see, the old man seemed fond of collecting moths and butterflies.
1: Ah, shadow boxes with insects pinned to a substrate beneath. Yes. Okay.
0: Um. So you see those kind of hung in their glass-fronted frames along the walls. There is a very sturdy looking bureau that you'll note on the map as well, against one of the walls. Mm -hmm. Um, So you may look around as you wish. And a fireplace. Yes, Um, although there is electricity in the house, at this time, most of your heating is gonna come from fireplaces. So there are a couple in the house. Okay.
1: Amelia has a little study as well, it seems. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's start with the bureau. Let's search it.
0: All right. So, going up to the bureau and kind of pulling on the door, you do find it is locked. Okay.
1: This seems like a perfect place for the key on the pocket watch.
0: And you do find that the key fits. Excellent. And so opening it um, and doing kind of a cursory look through, you do find there's a significant stack of cash in here. Um, There is what looks like an account book for the Arkham First National Bank. There is a pot of some sort of funny-smelling wax ointment. And um, go ahead and... Make a spot hidden roll.
1: Here we go. Dang it. There we go. Not today, boys. Not today. 93.
0: Right. Do you want to push your roll?
1: Uh yes.
0: Alright. So if you continue to look, mm-hmm. um you can certainly keep trying to find something else of interest in here. There's a lot of papers to dig through. You can see just a ton of what look like old records, legal papers, professional certificates in here that you just have to kind of muddle through to see if there's anything uh, helpful. Okay. But this has been an area where some sort of violent altercation has taken place. And the longer you stay here, the more likely it is that someone may come back to check on things. I see. Okay. So if you fail... I'll say that potentially we're closer to some kind of potential altercation. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll risk it. All right.
1: Here we go. Right. Four. (laughs)
0: Hooray. (laughs) Nice. An extreme success. So, yeah, you get the feeling there's there's no reason for this to be locked just for the sake of having some money and an account book in here. Mm Mm-hmm. And so kind of digging through the piles of, and you can see on the professional certificates, it clearly has the doctor's name on it. So it does say like, you know, everything's referencing a doctor web. So it does look like you're in the right place at the very least. Um, And you do find an old black leather bound journal that seems to be almost like purposely hidden under the piles of papers.
1: Okay. What does it say? What's in it? What are the contents?
0: So flipping through the journal, you can see that the majority of it has been left blank. And it seems like the doctor's gone out of his way only to write on the centermost pages. So it seems less obvious to find what is written inside. Hmm. Okay. Um, and the pages that are written out, there's like a couple things that catch your eye. It, looks, it would take you a while to read through the pages that are there but kind of glancing through it, you can see a couple things. One in a very neat, almost unemotive hand um, is set out some rules for using some sort of thing or doing some sort of procedure. And I'll give you that listing first. There you go. You'll need to open that up bigger to see it. Okay. And feel free to read that out or you can have me do it if my handwriting's bad. That's also okay.
1: Ooh, this is the procedure for use of the quote, sin eater. Unquote. And the patient may be examined in the case of malformation, which is becoming more common of late obtain payment and consent in advance. As the procedure is not reversible, then follow the steps carefully, draw a sample of blood and use it to create a spiral mark on the intended patient's forehead. Ooh. Speak the words written below phonetically, phonetically, Geb Yafua Loig Igu Ilu Keb, shu shag Open the coffer. Oh okay, I think I see what was going on here. The eater will approach and render the patient into a fine ash before returning to the container. Seal with the prepared wax to ensure containment between procedures. It must only be used by this method and returned to the coffer by midnight, lest you risk loosing it uncontrolled to its own purposes. Okay.
0: Um, so reading through that and the kind of couple of pages around it, it becomes clear um, that... Actually, I need, do need you to automatically lose some sanity here. Ah. So you gain one Cthulhu Mythos.
1: One Cthulhu Mythos. Do I just adjust the skill?
0: Yeah, just adjust the skill. That'll automatically adjust your max sanity down when you do that. Okay. And I need you to roll 1d4 and lose that many sanity points.
1: All right, so should I have lost one sanity?
0: Yeah, you've lost one at this point from seeing the body.
1: Right, but should I have lost another one from gaining one Cthulhu Mythos just now?
0: You lost one from your max sanity, not one from your current sanity.
1: Oh, just now. So my max went down 98. It did. Okay, I see. It should automatically do that. It did. I wasn't looking in the right place. Okay, and 1d4. Yeah. I'm going to lose that many?
0: Yes. Four. All right. So you've lost five so far? Yes. Okay,
1: perfect. So... Of course, when I'm rolling 1d4 for damage and D and D, I roll a <up> 1. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it works.
0: <laughs> All right. So you are starting to get the idea that this journal is detailing the use of this thing, whatever it is, to destroy malformed or unwanted People, or as you continue to read further, it sounds like children specifically. Huh. Okay.
1: Hey,
0: and then moving weird. forward in the journal you see another page that has letters, numbers, and dates. Uh I see. So I'd like you to make an accounting role, please.
1: I'm gonna guess just based on what I'm seeing here these are um, oh hmm these look like initials but I don't know what the number is all right accounting here we go 87 not quite gonna make it <laughs> okay it do you want to push the roll uh, mm, and that's a tough one because my accounting is only 37. Yeah, uh, I maybe
0: mean, you don't have to. It does appear to be some sort of recording of some kind, obviously by date. Um, But kind of looking through it quickly, you're not able to determine exactly what it's referencing. And you could certainly keep the journal and reference this later to see if you can glean more from it. Uh,
1: Yeah, might as well hang on to it We can always turn it over to the authorities later As evidence, if okay. necessary Sure I guess I don't want to tamper with it, though huh. No, let's leave it in place here Okay But this looks like initials and perhaps payment And the date on which The procedure may have been carried out um, the most recent is eleven twenty three nineteen nineteen. Was that uh, about a month ago? About a month ago. Mhm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I could assume that he's done this before and something went wrong, but
0: right. And like I said, the only other things you notice in the bureau, there's um uh, cash, an account book from the national bank. Um, some wax ointment, and legal and professional papers. I think that the
1: wax ointment, if I give it a sniff, is going to smell a lot like the ointment on the
0: box. It does. I mean, stronger in this form, but yes, it does smell very similar.
1: Okay. Can I look at the, uh, the bank book to see if any of the numbers on this list correspond perhaps to deposits in the bank book?
0: Okay, let's go ahead and do an accounting roll just to see how quickly you're able to match them up. Because obviously you can match them up without having any accounting skill, but you can work more quickly this way.
1: All right, this is a better 19.
0: Okay, so you're able to show first the thing that catches your eye is the balance that's listed on the account book is $19,000. Oh,
1: wow, that's really high.
0: And... You are able to match pretty much date for date, an amount added to the ledger, matching what's shown in the journal as the number next to the letters. Okay.
1: So it does seem as though this is payment.
0: And the realization starts to set in. This is likely a tally of those that are eaten um, and the payment made for them.
1: Okay. Wow. I wonder who paid to have something eaten, like like deformed children or something like that. Like
0: the journal does reference, um, particularly something about a malformed children becoming more common. Um, but uh, it also mentions an otherwise unwanted. Uh, wow. That examinations are only performed in the case of malformed children. Okay.
1: Yeah. This doctor is using this, uh, this nefarious arcane technology to perform, you know, 18th trimester abortions, basically. That's, it's pretty reprehensible.
0: I need you to make a sanity roll.
1: 27.
0: All right. You don't lose any sanity. I mean, this is a horror, certainly, but it's not one beyond the reaches of your mind to imagine, um, where children would be determined as unwanted either by virtue of their birth or because of a malady that they have. Um, But it certainly does seem that this doctor was involved in earning the money that he earned in part from doing this sort of procedure.
1: Okay. Wow. All right. So let's move on to the next room. I guess I don't, unless. mm, Yeah. There doesn't seem to be much of anything in here else elsewise. Uh, There doesn't look to be anything to search in his room or anything in Amelia's room that I noticed.
0: Well, I mean, you can definitely go in there. I can let you know what you see.
1: Okay. Well, I feel like when we poked our heads into the rooms to see what was up, yeah, you know, um, that we got an idea of, like, is, you know, are there any dressers or bureaus or, or similar?
0: Yeah. And, and just, each of the rooms do have a, a set of, you know, bedroom drawers, as I like to call them, <laughs> um, and shelves and things like that, where there certainly would be potentially things, items, Um, but it'd be up to you if you wanted to take a look.
1: Okay. Uh, now I think I'll just actually go straight for the basement at this point.
0: Okay. So heading down to the cellar, um, it's dusty. There are cobwebs. You can see the remnants of packing crates likely from when they moved to this cottage. Um, But there is a very modern domestic electrical generator system, um, which appears to be here as the primary source of electricity. It seems like something tripped it in the storm, but it could be made to get back up and running if you wanted it to.
1: Hmm. Uh. Yeah, I mean, is that is that all that's down here? There's just empty crates and boxes and stuff like that and and the generator? Yes. Okay. Uh Yeah,
0: let's fire it up. What all do right. you say? Do you have electrical or mechanical repair? I have mechanical repair. Okay, let's go ahead and use that.
1: Okay. 71 not gonna do it. All right. So I don't think we're going to have any success here.
0: All right. You going to push your roll or are you going to leave it?
1: No, I'll just leave it. Okay.
0: All right. But you know it's there. If you want to come back to it at another time. All right. Do you want to search any of the rest of the house for more information?
1: I mean, I feel like I pretty much solved the, the mystery here. I mean, we don't know where the Sin Eater came from, but uh you know hmm huh. yeah i guess we could search maybe amelia's uh study to see if there's anything of note in there if she if she was you know any the wiser to any of these carryings on
0: okay so her study is through the are you going directly into the study or going through her bedroom into the study
1: Um, we can go through directly to the study.
0: Okay. So opening the door to the study, there is a desk um, and a shelf with a few books on it. It looks relatively neat and tidy, but there is a piece of paper, like a typed correspondence on the desk. Okay. Did you want to look at it?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, I would like to look at the piece of paper on the desk.
0: (laughs) All right, um, here you go. Hmm.
1: This is a letter from Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts. It's from the office of the dean. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh,. To Ms. E. Webb and family, we received the copy of your records.
0: You can go ahead and and read it into the record since the listeners don't know what it says.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, as stated, this is a, a letter, and the letterhead identifies it as from the office of the dean of Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts. And it says... Ms. E. Webb and Family, we received the copy of Ms. Webb's records from the Boston Society for the Care of Girls. We take requests for review and second opinion quite seriously and have placed these documents before the heads and top students in the appropriate departments within the School of Medicine. Upon review of their notes, and the prescriptions given, we agree that she may be safely issued a clean bill of health provided she continues to take the sleeping drafts to aid in an appropriate and restful night's sleep. These fits and nightmares can often occur occur in a girl of her age, particularly when sleep-deprived. We also recommend plenty of fresh air and exercise to facilitate physical health befitting one of her sex and station. Transcribed by Secretary for... Dr. Atticus Ferrand, Dean of the School of Medicine, Miskatonic University, Arkham, Massachusetts.
0: All right. So you can make a no medicine or psychoanalysis role depending on what's better for you. Okay.
1: Uh, psychoanalysis or no
0: medicine.
1: What's the difference between medicine and no medicine?
0: Uh, no. No as in your education value, medicine, okay. or psychoanalysis.
1: Oh, got it. Okay. I will go with straight up no then, because that's the best score for me.
0: Sure. 28. All right. You recognize the Boston Society for the Care of Girls as a very upmarket sanatorium.
1: Oh, I see. So, uh, Amelia was recently committed, it would seem. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I'll I'll put the letter back down on the desk. But. Hmm. She has been taking sleeping medicine. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. That makes sense. This starts to make sense. All right. So, I feel like what maybe happened is uh, she interrupted some uh, sin-eating, I guess, and and as such caused the fracas in the parlor and then ran away because she was scared. Because she was supposed to be asleep, but it didn't take. The storm woke her up or something. I don't know. That's what I think happened right now.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Okay. Do we want to search... Anything else? Well, we might as well search uh, her room now, given that we have reason to. Sure. And we're not just rifling through her under things.
0: So, yeah, kind of looking into her room, uh, you know, it's a very well-appointed room, but you do note um, the brown glass bottles, kind of um, a couple on the nightstand and some on the shelf in there um, that seem to match up with what you saw in the letter.
1: Okay. Yeah. So far, so good. Okay. Well, I guess we could just... Uh, there's nothing really left but to check uh, the doctor's room. Because I, re- I really don't think there's going to be anything in the kitchen. I just really don't.
0: That's, that's fair. <laughs> All right. So um, go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. Because you can succeed at some point. Yeah, I can. And I did. Uh-huh. Finally. 32. So looking around the room, it's extraordinarily ordinary to, <laughs> to, to be kind of backwards about it. Um, everything points to someone who is incredibly well-ordered and structured. Everything's in its place. Everything's neatly stored. Um, shoes are polished. And only useful, functional things seem to be out and available. So it almost catches your eye as something amiss when you see the corner of a leather-bound Bible kind of tucked half under the nightstand at an angle.
1: Hmm, okay. Yeah, let's retrieve that.
0: And so taking it out, you can see the ribbon hole is holding the page only for like the front cover, basically. And inside there's a handwritten inscription It looks very old. It's worn. Um, The Bible itself is actually quite old as well. It's not likely something that the doctor got modernly.
1: Oh, the handwritten inscription says, may God have mercy upon the physician. Well, that's interesting. Uh, And if I flip through it, is there anything else that I might notice?
0: No, you would notice that it's. it looks like it's been handed down a few times. This is a very old printing. Um, and uh, not much you would know about its personal history, obviously not knowing the family and not having Amelia here to confirm anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely is not new. It doesn't look like it's recently well-read or anything like that. But it does look like perhaps this... Front inscription is something that is referenced with some frequency. Huh.
1: Okay. I mean, well, let's put it back where we found it. It looks like it was somewhat hidden under the nightstand, so we don't want to put it back on top. Let's right. Let's put it, you know, back where it was. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got here. Sure. You know, there's really nothing else. I'm not going to bother inspecting the kitchen. Okay. But uh, we should fill Jake in on, on my thoughts here on what I think happened. Well, um,
0: the rest of the house seems pretty quiet.
1: Indeed. It would seem as though there was some uh, ritual taking place in the parlor and uh, in which the doctor was uh, willingly involved. Uh, there's some evidence in the Bureau to suggest that maybe this was an ongoing practice and something tonight, uh, either interrupted him or otherwise it went awry, and, uh, causing poor Amelia to flee into the woods, where, whereupon she chanced into the road and encountered me. Uh, I believe we need to report this to the authorities immediately.